Awesome More Podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Miranda, Liza, and Tony. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. So, how's everybody doing? You got over Thanksgiving. Now we got to get ready for Christmas. Everybody doing okay? I'm ready. I, I actually just woke up from my turkey coma, and it's December Did 5th. You really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, good. What about you, Miranda? Turkey coma? I am so – no, you know, the only thing I like about Thanksgiving is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's just my warm-up for Christmas. So we did a little bit of Christmassy stuff. We've been decorating. We went down to the German Christmas market in Atlanta. Couldn't go to the Epcot German Pavilion, so I scooted over to the German Christmas market. So now I'm feeling very festive. Okay, good. I I feel a little um, a grinchy this year. I think I just have so much stuff to do. I love Christmas so much, but – um. Uh, and so much going on. So I'm going to try to get spirit. Let's put it, it's put been it a way. different kind of season. It's been a different kind of season. Yeah. And speaking of different, oh my gosh, that's the best segue ever. So Tony and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and I don't actually enjoy leading the show. So we're going to have Tony start doing this a little bit more because I'm, I'm more of a sidekick kind of girl, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, back of the class. So I'm going to turn this over to Tony. We're doing a question and answer show. So go ahead, Tony. What do you got? Well, you, you've you left some pretty big shoes for me to fill, so I, I hope that I How give you justice. How dare you? My shoes are small. Oh. Yes, this is a big shoe. Well, no, it's not It's not a big foot. It's a wide foot. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> it's my pants that are big, Tony, not my feet. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, you know, I've often said, and, and we've we've all spoken about this, that we have the greatest listeners in the world. And uh, without them, we'd just be like nine people sitting around the table talking amongst ourselves. And uh, every like now nine? and then. I, I imaginary think, friends here today? Well, no, I, I, I think there's like nine or 18 of us who are uh, hosting at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's true. Um, and, you know, every now and then we, we like to go out to our listeners and, and get some input. So uh, this is a listener question show. And, and it also means we couldn't come up with a topic in time. So um, we've got a handful of questions from some of our listeners. And they run the gamut from general questions about the uh, about your hosts to some Walt Disney World questions and Disneyland. So I will uh, start it off with our general question from Dee Dee Nelson who uh, wants to know how we were all introduced to Disney. Did we go as a child, or did your love of Disney happen later in life? And I am going to uh, start that off with Liza. Well, my love of Disney started when I went the first time when I was in the, I believe I was in the fourth grade. And I, I've often said I believe it had to have been around this time of year because I do distinctly remember that the McRib was back. Because we had to make a special McRib trip for my stepdad. And I remember thinking that that's when I first fell in love with Epcot. I just loved everything about it. I thought it was so cool. That's when you could do Wonders of Life, ride the Body Wars, and all of that stuff was still there. I mean, it was, it was pretty close to original Epcot. They still had Horizons. They had people doing the spiel on living with the land. I mean, it was everything. And I liked Magic Kingdom, too. You know, in Hollywood Studios, I don't know if it – I think it maybe just came out. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But it was a long time ago. I'm cloudy. But I just – I fell in love with Disney, and I've been going ever since. And my family went, like, every year, sometimes every other year for my whole life until I became an adult. And I started going myself, and then I had kids, and then we started going. So that's basically it. 
There you go. It's it's in your blood. You're infected. Oh, yeah. And there's no better infection to have. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> so I, I don't have, know. What? Disco fever's pretty good from what I've heard. <laughs> Disco fever. Yes. I mean, this infection, it's, there's not really a cure for it. No, there is no cure except your next trip. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Miranda, how about you? Um, I went a couple of times as a kid. I know I went when I was around three or four. And then again, I think when I was six. But I didn't go back until I was an adult. And funny story about that, I did not want to go. I did not want to go to Disney. I was not interested in it. But my daughter was turning three, and I felt like we're going to go do our one obligatory trip, and that's going to be it. And it was actually Prince Charming that talked me into it. When my daughter was little, I was, like, craving adult conversation. And so I would bartend, you know, a few nights a week to just go talk to adults. And a guy that used to be Prince Charming when he was in the college program was one of my regulars. And he kept telling me, like, we got to go back. you got to take the kids. You're going to love it. It's going to be fantastic. It's different than what you remember. And, uh, yeah, we went, and I think about 24 hours into it, I was 100% sold and, like, already planning our next trip. Now, do you curse that Prince Charming, or or do you uh, welcome his input? I am so glad that he saved me from myself. Like, that would have been such a tragic loss if I had just, like, waited until, you know, maybe she was older. Because when we went, it was perfect. She believed that was Cinderella. And Tinkerbell, like, she lost her, her voice when she met Tinkerbell. She was so starstruck. Like she could not form words. It was just, it was so magical. It was absolutely adorable. I'm, I'm really glad that he talked us into that. That's very cool. Cause I, I still contend that there is no better way to see Disney, uh, any Disney park than through the eyes of a child. Oh yeah. I mean, we cried the whole, it was ridiculous. Every time, every time we turned a corner, you know, we would be crying about something. She'd be lighting up and, you know, chasing a butterfly in front of Magic Kingdom. And my husband and I would just be sitting there tearing up being like, oh, my God, this is so magical and so magical. It was. It was great. That's awesome. And, uh, Chris, how about you? So, for me, it's it's actually sad. So, I spent a good part of my childhood in Northern California. But my dad's parents were in Southern California. And they were literally, like, maybe five miles, maybe closer um, than that to Disneyland. And so I remember going there and imagine a small Chris Wood in the back of a big, you know, station wagon looking at that sign and just driving past. We never went. It's terrible, right? I mean, like, you know, I could always remember wanting to go. Anyway, so so that was my first Disney experience, although we did watch the movies that were on on Sunday nights, and that was kind of cool. Um, I always liked that. I always remember you know, getting excited when they would show Cinderella or whatever. Um, But my actual Disney Park experience, now that I've told you my sad story, I think I went when I was maybe 22 years old, and I was in college, and um, I went with a boyfriend. I just, I remember we went to Epcot. We didn't go anywhere else. We went to Epcot, and I just remember saying, oh, can we do all this stuff with this one ticket? And he said, yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, that's a great deal. You know, you pay one price, you get in, you can do all these rides, you can see all these little countries, you can, you know, snack. It was just really fun. And I I know that everybody's complaining right now about Disney prices on things and nickel and diming. And, I mean, frankly, there's an element of truth to that, uh, Genie Plus. But at the same time, I do feel that it's a very good 
use of that money. You know, for a hundred bucks, whatever, you can go into a park and spend the entire day and just, you won't do all of it, you know? So, so I've always felt that way. And that, that's when it started. And I'll be perfectly honest. So I went to school at Florida State and every time I had a boyfriend, it was, he had to pass the Disney World test. So I think I, I must have taken quite a few there before I finally met my husband. And, and how many men did you take to Disney World? I want to say, let me count. <laughs> four or five. I mean, you know, I was a, I was in college and then in grad school. I mean, you know, they had the, it was easy to drive down there. They had to yeah. pass the boyfriend, the Disney World test. Exactly. You know, it's a good test. It's a good test. Yeah. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. And some of them, some of them knowing my love of Disney, I remember the, this one guy was like, "Yeah, we really need to go to Disney." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds like a great idea." You know, so, I mean, you know, it wasn't like I always had to encourage them, but some I did. Like Kevin, the person I married, Kevin, my husband, um, he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, we're going to Disney. He didn't know what he was getting into. And now he's kind of into it the same way. So I, I, I do have a question for Miranda, actually. Miranda, so it's kind of a sad image that Prince Charming was, like, drinking every night at your bar. Like, tell Not me every he wasn't, night. like. He, he wasn't, wasn't there like, every night. He's. No, he's a nice guy. He's just drowning in sorrow. I did have, I mean, that's why I stopped eventually was I just got to the point where I couldn't take the same sad story from the same sad, like every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I couldn't do it. But he was not one of those. He was lovely. Okay. Little little known fact, Chris. Prince Charming, Prince Charming, huge bar fly. (laughs) I just had this image of him going like, Man, I peaked three years ago when I was Prince Charming. It's all been downhill. So, okay, I'm glad to hear that Prince Charming is doing okay. All right. No, he's doing well. He's doing well. Awesome. Excellent. And uh, as far as I go, you know, we've all heard the story before. My dad was stationed in uh, uh, Alameda, California, 1971 to 74. I think 72 was my first trip to a park. But uh, like Chris, I, I think I'm a couple of years older than her. Uh, you know, I grew up with the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights, a Disney movie every year or every other year, uh, since, of course, all the animation was being hand drawn back then, all of the films. Um, and I kind of think that, you know, I was a child of Disney before the Disney marketing machine, before they owned every movie franchise, before they owned every, you know, superhero movie. Um, and you just got a movie every other year. Um, you got to watch, you know, old Disney classics on Sunday night. And if you missed it, you, there was no TiVo. There were no VCRs. There was no such thing as Disney Plus. And, you know, it was appointment television. The whole family got together and, and Disney was an experience. Um, you know, a lot has changed in close to 50 years uh, since, you know, I've got vivid memories of sitting around the television on a, on a Sunday night. Um and after California, you know, there was a big gap, uh, mainly because we were overseas. And uh, when we came back, my first visit to Disney World was 1979. Uh, and then I had a little break. And then when Cheryl graduated from college, uh, we started going every year. So uh, we were we were hooked. And uh, that's that's what brings us here. So very cool stories. Always nice to see a little bit of, of each other's histories. And uh That moves us over to our next set of user questions, and we'll talk about the park where it all began, and that is Disneyland. 
So Marla Head would like to know, what is the single best bite of food you have taken while at Disneyland? And uh, if anyone wants to jump in and answer this, feel free. Oh, well, this is tough. It's really hard because there's so many good food items there. My personal favorite was uh, the Hungry Bear, which that the original Uh. fried green tomato sandwich that they had there with that coleslaw. They had a vinegary slaw. It wasn't mayonnaise I don't like the mayonnaise but it's like a tangy, oh, it was so good. It was like yemaka, jemaka, whatever you call that stuff. Hickama. And like Hickama, thank you, and some other things. And it was like the best. And the fried green tomato was so tangy. I mean, oh, my gosh, it was the best. So I, I it would be hard because I feel that, that part of eating in these parks is the experience. So if if I wanted to talk experience, probably the best meal I've ever had was I was out in Disneyland and well, I, I go often. I'm fortunate enough to go, but um, I was there in 2015 with a group of people who all got to go to an exciting meeting with Disney and they were going to a formal and I wasn't going because I wasn't on that list. And so I went into the Disneyland Park and I got a reservation at Cafe Orleans, which has a very small indoor area to eat in, but it has a very big outdoor area. And it overlooks New Orleans Square and the water and everything. And all I got was their famous fries. They have these wonderful fries there with Parmesan and they have this like um, Cajun dipping sauce. Yep. And then I got the... Um, uh, the uh, little Mickey head beignets. They don't sell either one of these separately anymore at this re- restaurant, but at the time they did. And I just ate outside and watched and people watched. And I remember thinking, you know, I felt so bad because I wasn't able to go to this little get together. This, it was actually a big party. Um, but I ended up having probably the best time, you know, it was just, so that was an experience. But as far as like food goes, I, I want to say anything I've had at Carthay Circle, pro, and, and that would be, I've eaten at Club 33 twice, thanks to the generosity of other people. And um, I would say that food was not as good as the food I've had at Carthay Circle. So if you can go to Carthay Circle, they had at one point, they had this little, um, like a little bun, like an Asian style bun with like a, it was like a pork bun, basically. That was fantastic. And again, it's all about the experience. Carthay Circle is probably one of the most beautiful restaurants I've ever eaten in. And so um, that would probably be it for me. I can't believe they don't sell those separately anymore. Like you can't just get Mickey beignets. Uh, you can get the beignets over in the, um, what's the place, the little takeout um, French market. You can get that. It's right next to it. But yeah, the little window. Uh, yeah, you can't get it in Cafe Orleans. You used to be able to order them there. Oh, and the yeah. fries, if you want to get the if you want to get the fries, you could only get the fries with the um, the Monte Cristo sandwich. And the Monte Cristo sandwich is now about half the size, which is actually perfect. So, yeah, it was too. Um, it was so big. You don't want all that. That's it was so fried and heavy. It's, oh lord, it's a lot. Yes. I mean, and it's like a shame a, to waste food. I mean, it's just so, ugh. We, you know, we ate there like last month and uh, it was great because we got a walk up and um, we could see these people like I posted a picture of it actually of these people in Club 33 looking down at us watching us eating. And I was like, yes, the peasants, we're down here. But um, 
but yeah, it was, it's you, that's how they're doing it. And I don't know if it's just during this time with everything, everything being so weird or if it's to discourage people from coming in and just getting a basket of fries and a Coke, because that's what happens a lot there up here. Yeah. I bet it's, I bet it's for that. I bet it's people just like getting a drink and sharing fries and taking up the Mm -hmm. table for quite a while. Yeah. I personally, I don't have a problem ordering a full meal there and picking at it. It's not super expensive. Um, no, and, and it's it one of the most discount. beautiful spots. It's one of the most beautiful spots it's in that beautiful. park. Beautiful, yeah, it really is. It's fantastic. So, and and again, I think a lot of Disney food is is part of an experience, and and that's one of them. So, excellent. I'm I'm going to have to go with uh, comfort food, uh, fried chicken dinner at the Plaza. Uh, they have mm-hmm. a, a a perfect uh, old school uh, chicken dinner. Um, I like comfort food. I'm not too adventuresome. Uh, so as far as a whole meal goes, that would be my choice. Um, but as far as like an experience goes, I think it's having a churro or a Dole Whip uh, in California. Just something about that mm-hmm. California experience and, you know, the Dole Whip, knowing that's the first park and, and having it there, it, it just kind of raises it, uh, you know, to a, to a different level uh, while you're eating it there. And uh, Miranda, how about you? Uh, any Disneyland uh, foods? I have not been to Disneyland yet, so I don't have one for Disneyland. But That's okay. We'll, we'll fix that Disney in the end. World. Yeah. Okay. Thought we were just doing Disneyland. Okay. Um. So last Valentine's Day, m- my family was at Disney World. We had my dad with me, so we were able to have a babysitter. My husband and I went out to Haleo, and they were doing a special Valentine's Day, like, multi-course meal. It was incredible. It was absolutely amazing. It's not for everyone. And I did the wine pairing with it and it was, oh my gosh, it was just out of this world. I so did it. they, did they wheel out the leg? No, oh thank God, no. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't eat, I don't eat pork, I don't eat beef, so they were very accommodating. Um, I don't eat a ton of meat, but they were, they were able to make changes to things and, the presentation okay. of everything was very nice. Yeah. It was it was great. And it was funny because we actually we ran into um some family friends that we know who were there specifically to celebrate Valentine's Day in Disney Springs at that restaurant. That was the first time we had been, but I, oh my gosh, we loved it. We'll be going back. That's so funny because Liza has trauma over that leg. You, so. Oh, yeah. No, it's gross. We did walk by it, um, and I just I, I averted my eyes and tried to tell myself that, you know, I'm trying to experience a culture here. I'm not going to be judgmental about it. I'm just going to look past it. Well, they've got a <laughs> bunch of those legs, and apparently those legs are so expensive. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. They're aged. The older they are, you know. Yeah, it's like old <laughs> legs. I know it's so which gross. I have. Yeah, my right? is expensive. It's a little cheaper than that. Yeah, my husband did have some of the Iberico ham, and he said it was very good. But um, not my jam, not my jam. But everything else was very good. But for like something that's there just all the time that anybody can go and get, it is really hard for me to ever be on property and not go to Sanaa and get the oh. bread. Oh my gosh, the best! It's so it's the good. best. It's so good. I I like miss it. Food. It is. It is absolutely like I want to sit down and have a movie night and just have that as my oh yeah oh yeah snacks. Which you can if you're staying at that 
resort, you can order that to your room. Just say it. And bread service? Yes. You uh, can sit on the balcony and watch the sunset over the savannah with your bread service. Oh when that room service is actually awesome. available. Room service is back on and going, yes. <laughs> oh, they're not that doing that amazing. now. Or is it I don't time? think they are. Yeah, I don't think so. I need to double check that. That's a good question. I don't think they are. Well, they. I know they are at the Grand Floridian because when I was there a couple months ago, um, one of the people I know ordered, she ordered room service like every day. So. Mm-hmm. I've got on my bucket yeah. list, like, stay at the lodge, sit on the balcony, and just have the bread service and the zebra domes and call it a night. Like, I, that would just be a perfect time. <gasps> Zebra domes too. Domes too. Oh yeah, that would be. I'd be all over that. Yeah, I would go to your room. I'd get a park ticket. This, that's my day. Good. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a great day. I, I would be all in Mm -hmm. on that. Go to that pool. Fantastic pool. Oh, if you get a little robe in your room, I'd want to put the robe on, and then sit out. Do they give you a robe there? Oh, I don't know. I've never stayed there. Don't they just give you one robe though? Like, so what if you're with someone else? Because, Liza, remember when, when we were at the Grand Floridian <laughs> yeah. and there was one robe? And I remember you going in the closet and going, huh, one robe. And then, <laughs> <laughs> that was at, there was a hotel that my husband and I were at recently, and there was one robe in the room. Like, since mm-hmm. when? People are getting a little chintzy on the robes. I guess you're going to duke ordered, it out over that robe. You could have ordered another robe. But remember when we saw the girls walking around in the robes? Yes. And I was thinking, like, see, you know what? When you stay here, you got to get the most out of all the amenities. And that's one way to do it. Just wear the robe around the resort. <laughs> I mean, you're paying for it. Might as well yeah, wear it. Exactly. Yeah. What about all you, right. Tony? Sorry, you wear that robe? <laughs> what, uh, no, I'm a, I'm a towel guy. I just go out oh. of the back of my towel. <laughs> no. All right, so this next question I'm going to send to Chris because it's uh, pretty specific, and uh, it's from Chris Compton, who wants to know, when will Small World open? Because if you don't know, Small World had a flood about three weeks ago, and uh, they have been closed and are expected to reopen with the Christmas overlay. Um, it is so uh, December 5th when we are recording, and uh, Chris, what do you know about the uh, Small World? Well, first, I just have to say that from what I've read, like I know initially when it happened, because Mandy and I were out there that weekend when it opened or was supposed to open, we were very disappointed. Oh, um, I got a text. I got a text because I kept like I texted her. I was like, Mandy, small world. I need a video. And then like an hour and a half later, it's closed. All caps. Yeah, we were like so upset. So we, we had to drown ourselves in food. Actually, that's probably how we ended up at Cafe Orleans. But um, so Initially, I just thought it was like something minor, but then I read more about it and it's, it was like intense, like it was a hot mess. And so that explains why they've had people in there apparently 24 seven trying to repair it. And they've even been getting, I believe parts, I think they said they were sending off to Switzerland for a part 
you know, it's a wow. pandemic. Nobody's doing, you know, nobody's at the level they normally are. So they're like trying to beg, borrow and steal whatever they can. Well, maybe not steal. It's Disney. But they're trying to get whatever they can. That'd be horrible, right? Um, no, they're trying to, that's like a whole movie. Wouldn't that be a great movie? Like these Imagineers, like going in covert, like cat burglars trying to steal parts. Stealing parts, idea. dodging lasers from security <laughs> in the hallway. Don't, don't steal my idea, Disney. If you do, you've got to credit me. All right, anyway, so, no, but, so they're trying really hard to get this going. They're getting parts from all over the place. And the rumor is it's opening next week. So tomorrow is December 6th, so sometime next week. Um, And, Christine, I am going to call you. I saw that you called yesterday, so I was doing something with the kids. Um, Christine Um, is a a great listener. We all love Christine. Yes, we love Christine. So were there, like, dolls floating around inside, I wonder? Okay, so – I don't think so because I believe the bad flooding was actually like in a, in a, a room that had to do with mechanical stuff. Oh gosh, so that's terrible. So I believe terrible. the ride itself was perfectly fine, um, but but well, not, it must have been. It, it, yeah. yeah. So apparently, there is a control room underneath the water, and it's like eight feet hmm. deep, and a lot of it filled with water. So. I don't know why you put a mechanical control room underneath the water. Um, oh, my gosh. No joke. Because you can. Who knows? That, you know, that was the, the yeah. best of, of 1950s engineering. So maybe that That's is something true. to do with it. That's true. So excellent. Hopefully yeah. by the time this show is posted, it's already opened and people are riding at it and enjoying the wonder and, and joy of Christmas around the world. The oh, best. I love it. One thing I love about going in there is that Santa has a list and I am number two on that list. I thought you were number one on the naughty list. Maybe I'm number one on the naughty list, and then my old boss was number two, because I remember we were going in there, and I was like, hey, look, we're on the list, and he was like, it's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the naughty list. (laughs) We're on the bad list, the bad kids. Bad kids. Um, Anyway, I always laugh when I go in there, because it was I just thought it was funny that our names were on there, and, you know, um, and one of my kids is on... There's another list. Oh, my, one of my kids is on the list in the Haunted Mansion. You oh, know, they nice. have a Nightmare Before Christmas, and Eric is on that list. And I was like, look, you're on the list. You know who's not so, on the list? You. Cause Me. Because I'm never on yeah. anything that has a name. Uh, Can you get a yeah, keychain, Liza? I have a get a keychain. I've never seen a keychain. I always look, and I'm like, mm. No, Miranda. Why either. is that? Why is that? Because that's not like your name is like something weird. You know, really it is. I've only met one. Yeah, you're the only one I've ever known. You and, and Liza Minnelli, but I don't actually know her. I would like to know her. I wish I'm she would sure listen to this Not show. these days. Oh, yes, I would. Oh, especially these days. She's obsessed. I'm you obsessed no with idea. her. Anyway. Yes. All right, excellent. <laughs> okay, uh, we digress. Yes, oh, as oh, as oh. always, no matter who is hosting, this uh, somehow gets derailed. <laughs> I know, but it's so much more fun when you have to be the grown-up. I'm loving this, actually. Yeah, right. this is great. I'm I'm sitting here trying to like, when do I pull the rein? Uh, you know, when do I pull the reins back and try to try to bring them back in? It's never gonna happen. Tony. No, never. it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. You need a buzzer. You need to like. You know, need like a. We need we need shock collars connected okay. to our Skype session. All right, I'm out. If we're doing shock collars, I'm out. <laughs> So okay. our our last Disneyland question is from Kevin Galvin, who wants to know how many days are needed for a Disneyland trip. At least two weeks. 
It's like, how many days do you have off? I mean, you need a week for the parks and you need a week for the resorts. So I just think that's a well-balanced trip. You you would think that. But in in all seriousness, um, I remember my first trip as an adult out to Disneyland, which was in 1999 when they were just clearing the land for California Adventure. And we're like, okay, we're going to Disneyland. Let's do two and a half days. And we got to Disneyland, and in that first day, about three-quarters of the way through, we were done. We had done everything. Um, it was quaint. Uh, you know, it's much smaller uh, than the Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom. Um, yeah, but that was 1999. There's a lot of new stuff there now. Yeah, there is now. It, like, it, the first it was, and that's true. But, uh, you know, so the, the question becomes, as a, as a not as a travel agent where you want to go and experience everything, but but as a Disney guest, really, how much time do you need to do Disneyland? I would say three days for sure. Uh, I would say three as well. I yeah. I would I would with agree with hopper. that. I, I would agree with that. Um, and a hopper in California, uh, you know, it, it is a must, uh, and only because the parks are just separated by the Esplanade, which is a you know a, a, essentially a gigantic courtyard. Uh, you don't have to get on a different bus or take multiple forms of transportation to get there. Uh, so you just walk from park to park. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think three days is, is a good figure. Four days if you want to push it. Uh, the, the problem becomes, I think, if you're staying on Disney property because they've only got three resorts, uh, you know, those, those, even their, their value resort there. Um, is pretty pricey per Probably night. Way pricey. So, but you could stay at a good neighbor, though. You could, you could, uh, and the They're good neighbors. Yeah, there's a ton of good neighbor resorts right there. Um, once again, it's not a sprawling resort like like Disney World is. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in walking distance. Um, and uh, yeah, three three days seems to be the consensus. Oh yeah, you know, and it's it's true, Tony. The first time I when I started going to Disneyland, it was 2002. And it, it's a totally different park now. Like, it's not what it was. Like, I did all of Disneyland in one day, just like you did. There was nobody there. There was, like, nobody in line. I mean, it was just dead. And I don't know why it was like that. I don't know what was going on. But now with California Adventure and all this other stuff, I can't do it all in a day. I, I, two days doesn't even... For me, two days, it seems like I'm cheated. Like, I need another day. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think three days, that totally... You could maybe push to the four, four. You could, I mean, you wouldn't be bored. You could definitely find stuff to do in four days. Anything over that, you're repeating stuff, I think. I, I think, you know, if you take three days and you focus a day in each park, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not hop on those days. And then that third day is, you know, either for your favorite attractions or the few attractions you might have missed between both parks. That's the way I would attack it. You know, like, like Liza said, uh, you know, a fourth day would be great, but I think anything more than four, and even as a Disney fan, I think anything more than four days and you just run the risk of getting getting bored. That's, you know, that's just my opinion, uh, even though I could never really get bored of Disney. I, I just think that once you've done it all, you know, how, how many more times can you do it? Which is so, why I continue to go back to the park. It's like I don't even know who you are. I, I'm totally <laughs> disagreeing with these guys because... What is going thing. on here? So... I don't I don't necessarily think you need a week. And the fact that the max ticket that you can buy is five days, I think, is indicative of a nice, relaxing trip where you get to do everything. But you also get to go back to wherever you're staying and enjoy the pool. Or if you have a car, maybe go into L.A. because 
Um, while I could never live in Los Angeles, I love going there. It's a fantastic city. So I think for me, I mean, I can, I can easily do five days straight. Now, I think my ideal would probably be um, go out to L.A. for a week and not do maybe if I stayed in, in Anaheim all seven nights, but maybe take a couple of days off from the parks and go do other things. You can go to San Diego, go to the zoo, go to the um, beach. But there there are as many attractions in Disneyland as there are in World, I think. It's pretty close. Somebody counted them. I can't remember. And this was even before Galaxy's Edge opened. I mean, heck, you could literally spend half a day in in a Avengers Campus. So I I don't I don't agree with that. I think I think that might have been that way a few years ago, but definitely not now. You've got two new lands that you know are pretty intense. So they're really good restaurants. You know, I can see going in, doing a few rides, having a nice leisurely lunch at Carthay. Um, you know, doing a few more things, going to the pool. You know that kind of thing. It's it's a relaxing vacation, and you're not in the same Disney bubble as it, you know, as you are in Orlando, but it's pretty close. So yeah, uh, you know, I I get what you're saying. I just you know, you talk about there being two new lands, and it's there are two new lands, but it's not like the old days. You know, this is two lands with one e-ticket attraction and one you know B or C ticket attraction, a restaurant, a quick service, and a store. So it's not like Avengers Campus has 80 things to do. Yeah, they've got a stunt show you can watch, and you want to wait for the Spider-Man animatronic, but really it's, you know, one decent ride. So Yeah, but there's tons of meet and greets there and everything. Yeah. It, it, it Trust yeah. me, I mean, it, you can spend some time there. You're not done in there and things. You're going into, you know, uh, Mission Breakout. You're going into the shops. You're going to eat at Penn's Test Kitchen. I mean, that's a lot. And I'm not somebody who really likes to be, like, intense in the park the whole time. Like, I like to take – Liza can attest to this. I like to take it slow. I like to, you know, stop, answer my email about 55 times. Um, so, you know, for me, it's perfect. And I will always maintain that overall I think Disneyland is a superior experience just as far as, like, I, I prefer it. You know, I, I used to not, but I think – as much as I love Walt Disney World and it will always be my so-called home park, you know, I I actually probably enjoy Disneyland a little more. So okay, it's the typical Chris uh, Chris Wood flip flop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I used to I used to think I used to be like a lot of people. I used to think, well, Disneyland is nice, but you know, the last few times I've gone, I've just had amazing experiences, and I've everything has been pretty positive. I liked the food. I liked my hotel. I love that I can get a good neighbor out there. And not have to stay like in some, I mean, a lot of times I feel like the Walt Disney World good neighbors are not great. Um, whereas I feel like the ones out in land are pretty nice. So, and they're cheap. So that's good. Okay. Relatively speaking. Gotcha. Well, uh, Kevin, we hope that answers your question. And remember, if you do decide to book a trip to Disneyland, Main Street and More Travel is the place to go for that. Um, so now we're going to shoot over to Walt Disney World. And Autumn Bailey has a a question related to the holidays, and she wants to know what is the best park or land to visit during the holiday season. And I will start that with uh, Miranda. Well, since Adam's not here, I can say um, Hogsmeade, Hogsmeade, Islands of Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be so mad when he hears that. But here's my here's my logic behind. I love all of the 
the Disney World ones at Christmas, and oh gosh, it's hard to pick. I mean, maybe you know the castle. It's, it's got to be, it's got to be Magic Kingdom for me. But I really like Islands of Adventures during the Christmas season. Seuss Landing is adorable. They have the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade floats, and they do a parade. It's very cool. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It is like a required religious experience on Thanksgiving Day. I always watch it. Um, you've got the castle show. You've got all the special treats and stuff. They've got the um, holiday tour where you get to go and see Santa, Grinch Santa, um, do hot chocolate, VIP seating for the parade, and all kinds of special experiences. So I think that Bang for Buck, that's a really good one. I think that's a good one. All right. Where's my buzzer now, Chris? I need my buzzer. <laughs> you need a buzzer? Yes. Yeah. Wrong answer. No, no there, are, there are no wrong answers. I think that's actually a great answer, though. I think, I think she's really valid. They do an amazing job over there at Christmas. I mean, what yeah. they do to Sue's Landing, it's like you walked into a Grinch Christmas. It's mm-hmm. over the top. It's so cute. It's just... So cute. And I feel like over there, and this is going to be an unpopular answer with everybody probably except Tony, I feel like with some of the sometimes, and maybe it's just because of COVID and everything, but I feel like some of our holiday things have been taken away and we're kind of getting a little bit more of the minimum at Disney World right now. Whereas at Universal, I feel like it's pretty close to the same price every year. It doesn't go up a ton. And they keep adding stuff. I don't see a lot taken away. They keep adding more and more. So I feel like that's a really good, a good full experience. Can I, can I tell you my favorite Universal Christmas add-on? Oh, no. Earl okay. the Squirrel. Oh! He's their new Christmas mascot. <laughs> and this is the second year he's been back. And I, I kind of dig Earl the Squirrel. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's cute. He is. Um, and no, you know, I... I, I think you're right because if you look, um, Toy Story Land has not been decorated for Christmas the last two Christmases, uh, last year and this year. They've put no decorations out. Um, so they do kind of skimp. But that being said, you know, I think that Hollywood Studios is my favorite Christmas park. Uh, I like a lot of the retro decorations. Um, it, it kind of looks like, you know, something that my, my grandmothers would have decorated with. Um, so it's just got that really old, you know, 40s, 50s style uh, decorations, and, and, I, and I really, uh, I really latch onto that. How, how, how about you, Liza? Oh, it's definitely Disneyland. Disneyland is the best at Christmas time. It's the best park at Christmas time. It's magical. It's decorated in not just down Main Street. It's all throughout the park, everywhere. You've got the overlays. You've got the candy canes. I've been there several times at Christmas. It's just, it's 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 the best feeling to be there at Christmas. I, I love it so much. All right. How about you, Chris? This is tough, but I'm if I'm going to go with Walt Disney World, and I, I kind of feel that's how we're going, I would probably go with Hollywood Studios. I do like – I am going to say that I feel like Disneyland may do a slightly better job of Oh, wait. Decorating. Was I supposed to say Disney World stuff? Oh, um, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. No, because I think I think you're valid. I I think they might do a slightly better job, but um, but I oh, do love Hollywood great. Studios, and I I agree with Tony that I think those retro decorations are fantastic. However, again, Miranda spot on. They do an amazing job with those Harry Potter areas, and 
with Seuss Landing. And there's something fun about, you know, when it gets a little colder in in Orlando and you're, you know, so it's 55 degrees maybe or something, you're walking around Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley on the other side and um, you've got a warm butterbeer. It kind of gets you in the Christmas spirit. You've got the fake snow up on the roof. I don't know. It's just fantastic. I've so. never had a warm butter beer. That's the best. You've butter never beer. had. Okay. okay you're always out, sure or the machine's not working, or I don't even know. It's like you don't have a microwave back there. <laughs> I read somewhere that they're going to start serving warm butter beer year round. Has that happened? There, Does anybody know? Yes. Yep. They are already doing it. So, Phew. but I don't know that I could handle one in the summer no oh god no but one of my favorite things to do is so they have it on both sides right but there's the little um three broomsticks has like a little you've probably seen it it's got like a little almost it's not a lounge but you can go up there and get like you know beers and wine and butter beer and then they have like a little back patio i like to get a warm butter beer and sit there and sort of you know just watch um you have a view of the uh jurassic what is the new incredible it's not a credit coaster. Shoot, what's it called, Liza? Velocicoaster. Velocicoaster. Yeah, I have a view of that. That's fun to watch, not go on for me personally. And it's just, it's. I don't know. I love doing that. But, yeah, it's available. So. All right. Our, our next question comes from uh, Rachel Shard, who wants to know, uh, she's gotten itch to plan another Disney trip. She seems like she can't go more than six months without getting that itch. And she wants to know, uh, she is a first grader, and she wants to know if it's worth it to pull kids out of school. Do you have tips on approaching that, and what is the best time of year to pull them out? I will just say, as far as tips on on pulling your kids out of school, I've got a lot of teacher friends, and, you know, whenever people talk about, oh, we're going to take the kids out of school, a lot of people are like, well, we're going to tell the teachers that we're going to teach them map reading skills and we're going to teach them about different <laughs> cultures and we're going to teach them about, you know, time schedules. And all of my teacher friends have said, we don't want to hear that stuff. We know you're taking your kids on vacation. You know, just take them on vacation. Enjoy the family time. So uh, that is my suggestion there on on approaching, you know, your teachers taking the kids out of school. Um, but, Chris, do you have any ideas uh, uh, on how to answer Rachel's question? To answer this question, I want to go back to that famous movie, Fatal Attraction, where the dad says to the mom, I'm sure he said a lot of things because, you know, he was kind of a, a dirtbag, right? Yeah. But the dad says to the mom, when the mom talks about not wanting to take the kid out of school because she's in first grade, what is she going to miss? Physics? So that's my answer. She's not going to miss anything in first grade. So, But I think Miranda might actually have a better answer for you, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> piece of garbage but yes go ahead i have played with this fire (laughs) i play with this fire every year um my suggestion would be wait closer towards the end of the year and make sure that you haven't had to have any early checkouts or you've been tardy to school because those add up to um absences and that you haven't had to take a bunch of sick days um because i've actually been threatened by our school board for taking my kids out of school for Disney trips because uh, we took out for a few days and then we had some tardies. We had some early checkouts. We had some unexcused absences. And then we also had some people mark us as tardy when we weren't tardy or not there. It was a whole thing. I got a massive packet from the school. So I would just say plan accordingly. Maybe don't take them off at fall break. Maybe save it for spring break. 
or just take them out those last few days of school when nobody is doing anything anyway. If they don't care about missing the end-of-year party, I say blow out of there. Those kids don't do anything the last week of school. No, they don't. The teachers That's don't true. even want them Unless there. Unless they're older. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want them there. They're like, are you going to, no. are they coming? Or do we need to give you their Crazy. stuff or what? They're, kids are out of their mind this last week, week and a half of school. You can't do anything with them. No, that's the best time it, for me to, to take them out is that last week of school. Yeah. It really Agreed. depends on the age. In elementary school, I I didn't really – okay, so my husband's a stickler for not doing this. But um, I think in elementary school, it's totally fine. I think once they hit middle school, everything is moving really, really fast in middle school, and there's a lot of pressure on them to kind of start acting like, like almost – like a high schooler where they're Mm -hmm. more conscientious about you have to do this and this is on you and we're not going to remind you and blah, blah, blah. Then it becomes an issue. But I think in elementary school, you know, enjoy that time because, you know, as they say, it goes really fast and it's very special time. So if you can do it, you know, by all means. I don't regret taking the message. The one that I got in trouble for, I do not regret taking her out because she learned to read at Disney that year. It was in kindergarten, and she was just struggling. Were you mad about kindergarten? Yes, that's crazy. Yes. it was. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. The teacher was not. It was. Right. It, it was school board because, like I said, we had like some tardies and some early checkouts that added up to absences, and then she had some sick days, and then, like I said, we were marked for like two days that she was actually in class. And it was just, it was a whole paperwork thing. She just, like, she had a mental block. Her teacher said, like, I know she knows the concepts. She's just got a mental block against this. Something about, like, the big colorful letters and not feeling the pressure, I suppose. She learned to read on that trip. So it was absolutely worth it for us to miss a few days. I think it depends on the kid, too. Because if you have a kid who's, like, um, a little older and they're struggling, you shouldn't take them out at all. But if your kid is able to keep up, you know, it's just a few days here or there. It's not really the biggest deal. I, I'm sure there's teachers listening to us who want to, you know, tell us to not say this. But you can put comments on the Facebook group and give us your opinion. We'd like to hear those. So, Great idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jen Welsh wants to know, uh, what are the best things to do at resorts on rest days? And can you resort hop using Disney transportation still? Uh, you know, these, these questions come in light of how things have changed with COVID. So would anyone like to take a stab at that? You can 100% resort hop. You can use Disney, even if you're not staying on Disney property. Say you're at Magic Kingdom and you want to go to Contemporary, you can hop on the monorail and go to Contemporary or wherever you want to go. They, they don't put a stop to that. Now, driving your own car is a whole different thing. So. Yeah, then you've got a fib about restaurant reservations or trying to, uh, you know, oh, I want to jump in and try this quick service. But a reminder, if you are going to resort hop, uh, you can't go direct from resort to resort. You need to hit some kind of a theme park if you're taking transportation. So there are no buses direct from Pop Century to Contemporary. So you'd have to go Pop Century to a park and then from the park to the Contemporary or Something along yeah, those lines. Point. Have any of us actually taken a rest day? Because I can't answer this question at all. Be perfectly frank. We usually do. Um, you know, we're we're going down at the end of the year, arriving on New Year's Eve, and we're going to be there for three days before our cruise out of Miami. And we're only doing one park day, and the other day and a half, I would consider rest days. Um, 
you know, those rest days uh, are, are usually Disney Springs. Uh, this time around, it's going to be Cirque du Soleil, uh, the new Drawn to Life show, um, and then some pool time. So uh, even even if we were going for a longer period, you know, when, when we go for seven or eight days, Cheryl will generally only buy three or four days worth of park tickets. Um, and then the other time is spent, you know, we'll go off site. Uh, we might go to the outlets one day. We might do mini golf one day. Um, some days, you know, Cheryl and Isabel will go and do the tea at the Grand Floridian and Lily and I go rent the mouse boats, uh, in, in Bay Lake and, and drive around the, the lake. Um, so there's, there's always plenty to do. I don't really call them a rest day because even, you know, it's not like we're hanging around, uh, and laying in bed all day. We're, we're generally doing stuff, but they're non theme park days. And I don't know if anybody else likes to do non-theme park days. When when I was young uh, and had no children, we were, you know, park ninjas uh, up at rope drop and, and coming out of the park after, uh, you know, at, at the end of the night, getting the final kiss goodnight at the castle. Um, but once we had kids, a lot of that changed, and, and we're still kind of in that groove. So my daughter and I are going in a couple of weeks with a girlfriend of mine and her daughter, and we're doing mostly universal, but we're going to take at least one day, maybe two, and do some stuff around Disney, but no park tickets. So I am still trying to get a reservation. I've been trying for months to get a reservation to do the Christmas sleigh ride at Wilderness. Um, that's a fun one to do. My daughter and I like riding the friendship boats around. Uh, we'd love to go and eat around Boardwalk at um, Trattoria. She loves riding the Skyliners, doing a little resort hopping. I love those for rest days. I love just going and checking out the other resorts, especially at the holidays. Those deluxe resorts have the most gorgeous Christmas trees. But I yeah. could spend a week at Disney doing no parks and still not probably accomplish all of my non-theme park bucket list items. There's just so much. And there's new stuff seasonally. You just can't always knock it all out. There's a ton of stuff to do. Good point. That's, the, the Skyliner is definitely an attraction. It is, and it's soothing. It's not, you know, it's not yes. super exciting. It's relaxing. It's so fun to yeah. write. I love writing it. And also, like, the monorails, if you go in the monorail loop, that's something that's fun. That. I never get tired of it either. I love it every time. And I love, um, like, if you do go during the holidays, that gingerbread house is really fun. It's really beautiful in there. Um, just taking a walk around the lake. If you go at night, you can see the electrical water pageant. You can watch the fireworks from, if you get a, like a dining reservation at one of the deluxes, you can watch the fireworks from there. I mean, it's just stuff you're not able to do anywhere else but Disney World. It's really fun. So though, like there's so much to do that on my rest days, I'm still up early and out late because I'm just trying to knock it all out. I need to just, like, sit at the pool and relax. But I have to plan that, like I said, like, on my bucket list. Bread service, zebra domes, balcony. Yeah, balcony. Like, I've got to plan out some stuff. My husband and my son, like, they're only good for the parks for about maybe a half a day. And then they go back and chill. They can do that. They can really enjoy the resorts and relax. I have a very – my daughter and I have a hard time doing that. We are – we're living that park ninja life with you, Tony. Excellent. Um – Chris, do you have any input? No, I I don't ever relax at the resort. That's why I always stay at Values because I'm like it's a total waste for me. All right, good good to know. 
Our uh, our last question this evening comes from Melissa Mignano, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, if not, I apologize. Uh, she's going to Epcot close to Christmas and has a reservation for Via Napoli at lunch and Nine Dragons at dinner. She wants to know if she should keep those reservations or should she just eat around the world at the Festival of the Holiday kiosks? And will park attendants be high enough in the days before Christmas to justify buying Genie Plus for their Epcot day? Okay, so everybody knows Via Napoli is like my place. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ke- I would keep Via Napoli and I would drop Nine Dragons, and that's just because it is nice, especially when it's busy, to have one sit down meal where you're not having to really stand in line. But you also should try those food kiosks; they're really fun. Unfortunately, if it's busy in the parks, those lines are going to be crazy. So. Um, I would want to keep at least one reservation. And, and the pizza at Viennapoli is good. It gives me the warm, fuzzy feeling. So. It's worth it. And, and it's a good it's a good value, too. For what, how is. much pizza as you can get for the price, it's a great value. Yeah. And I would definitely yep. recommend Genie Plus on Epcot because I got so much stuff done. Like, you won't wait in line if you have Genie Plus. Like, really, I didn't wait for anything, really, unless you want to, like, if you want to wait in line for the pay, like, rides. But even then, you know, you can get a return time. You can get a virtual queue for Ratatouille. And then, oh, my gosh, I got to ride Soren like, immediately. It was great. I, I thought it was good for Epcot. I, I definitely recommended Genie Plus for Epcot and definitely for Magic Kingdom. Studios is a different story. I just No, I, why don't you recommend it there? It's just there's not there's not enough stuff to do. It, it by the time they give you a return time, it's already so late. I mean, that was my experience with it. It's like they it was like nine o'clock, ten o'clock in in the morning. And my return times were already hitting three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. So then you've got this big space of time, you know, that you don't know, you know, you don't have much to do unless you want to pay to ride something else, you know, and even that was filling up. So it, it's tough. They, even though they've added another two things or a few more things, it's still tough because everything that's there, it's like popular. There's a reason we haven't done a Disney Genie show and some of it is scheduling, but I think the other thing is that Disney Genie seems to have a different, there's so many different opinions, so many different experiences. And I don't know that I personally have a consensus on it at this point. I, they're, I they're working have, it out. Yeah, they're working it out. But also what I'm hearing is exactly what you're saying is that people are getting it and then really not getting the value that they thought they would get out of it. Um, Conversely, I have heard people who have just bought the Lightning Lane and not Disney Genie mm-hmm. say they mm-hmm. like the Lightning Lane. I'm glad that you can do that. I'm glad that you yeah. have that option because in Animal Kingdom, that's another spot where I probably wouldn't recommend buying Genie Plus, but I would utilize that Lightning Lane for Flight of Passage for sure. Yeah. I just I haven't heard one bad thing about, ironically, about Lightning Lane. It's all Genie Plus. So Yeah. Um, yeah, but and and I, I though I think I've had one client who liked it, and I've I don't think any of the agents have liked it. So um, I liked it for yet, Epcot. I think the Crystal, Crystal said that oh, she liked it. Yeah, she loved it. Did Crystal like it. Okay, that's she good. Did. I just you know, and I also think that you know, 
I don't really want to be that dependent on my phone, you know, and I, yeah, and that's true. I'm going next weekend with the twins and they specifically asked to try it. So we'll see how it goes with them. But here's the thing, like you can navigate that park with your eyes Mm -hmm. shut. Mm -hmm. Whereas the person who goes, this is their first trip or they haven't been in years or they only go once a year. I think it's a little bit more vital for them because like you understand the ebb and flow and like how lines and crowds are going to move around the parks and, you know, you know, tips and tricks for getting around some of these things. Whereas, you know, a family of four that goes once a year, maybe it might be easier for them. I say it's just, it seems to me so far, once they work out the kinks, it'll make it easier for those people. But I think it's going to be different in six months. I think we're going to all this trouble right now. Like all of us agents are scrambling, trying to study this, memorize it, get all the feedback and all the input. Guys, it's going to be different in six months. Like I'm willing to put money on this because there are so many issues with it right now. They're going to have to work that out. So I think we're going to see changes to it at least in a year. Yeah. No, I, I think that's true. We're still in the shakedown phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Definitely. I remember Definitely. going through the, the same stuff when FastPass Plus came out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And from what I'm hearing, guest services is really, you know, taking care of people who are not feeling like they're getting the experience that they paid for. That's so what I feel I've like heard, too. They're doing the right thing. I, I think you make a really valid point because I think the more you go, the less likely you are going to appreciate something like genie plus and i you know i didn't really think about it from that perspective i think most of my clients if not all my clients are at least once a year sometimes twice a year guests so i think it's especially a first timer is going to like it i i think eventually it'll be fine again i need to really try it so when when i was given the opportunity to use it i was down there for a conference and i really didn't spend any time in the park so i can't speak to it directly but hopefully i will know next week yeah if if you if you're only going like once every three four years your experience it's you have a lot riding on that like that's Mm -hmm. that's gonna like that's gonna make or break your trip the amount of time that you're waiting in line and all this extra money that you're justifying spending to try to make your experience better and if you feel like you've wasted it Whenever you are looking at a return time at 5 p.m. and it's like 10:30 in the morning, and you're thinking, "Well, what am I going to do the rest of the time?" You know what I mean? Like it's that that whole thing at Studios and Animal Kingdom. I, I just, you know, I wouldn't get it for that. I am glad that they do offer Lightning Lane that you can purchase individual rides for the like Flight of Passage or like some of the big headliners like Rides of the Resistance because. That was a really tricky ride to get on, and a lot was, like, riding on, you know, using your phone and clicking the thing really fast and waking up early. You know, that was stressful. That was stressful and disappointing for a lot of people. So I'm glad that at least there's this. I mean, if you want to throw a bunch of money at it, you can ride it, okay? But, I mean, the the they've got a lot of kinks to work out. I heard the system was kind of wonky the other day. And that's another thing too. If your phone's not working properly or your app goes down or something 
glitches. I mean, oh my gosh, they, Disney's got their hands full with this. I'm sure they'll work it out yeah. eventually, but it's going to take some time. Well, and it'll be interesting to see when they then they have it uh, in place out in Disneyland. But maybe they're holding off because they want to see what kind of changes they need to make in World First. Because I like Disneyland system. Why are they changing that? Well, they don't have MaxPass out there right now. Oh, so MaxPass was great. I loved MaxPass as well. It was extremely easy to use. It was very straightforward. Um, they don't have anything out there right now at all. So, you know, the rumor is, well, they're going to have to put it in place before Christmas is going to be so busy. I don't know that I believe that. We'll see what happens. They've only got a few weeks before things get kind of crazy out there. But I do think that, you know, certainly it, it can anything that can reduce your wait time is great. You know, I just think this has some kinks that need to be worked out. So did we it answer the question does. if they should get it or not? I don't know. I, I get it for Magic Kingdom, and I'd get it yeah. for Epcot, for sure. He said Epcot. Yeah, I would get it for Epcot. I would. I got it for Epcot, and I had a great experience with it. I had a great experience with it when I hopped at 2 o'clock to Epcot. Okay, I'm going to use it. I'll use it, and I'll let you guys know what I think. Um, I did everything uh, at Epcot from 2 p.m. Like, I, okay. I was able to go on Test Track. I was able to do Soren twice. Like, wow. I was able to do... Like, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Everything I wanted to do, I did. I even got a oh. virtual queue for Ratatouille at 2 o'clock. Well, I'm excited, too, because my twins are very tech-savvy, like most kids. So they'll they'll show me how to use it. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed it. Attitude. Yeah, I enjoyed it's it. Cool. I thought it was good. I mean, Except for Animal Kingdom, I wouldn't do it there. Hey, quick question. Can I pay for – Um, it's still a virtual queue for Mickey and Minnie's, right? No. Mickey and Minnie's, you can pay for it. Okay, good, because that's the one thing they wanted. All right, And they can pay for it. Awesome answers. And uh, I think you guys are right. I think that uh, what we see right now with the launch of of Genie Plus will be a different uh, landscape in another four or five months. You know, it it might not be that different, but it will be. You know, they'll have worked the kinks out. They'll have a little more experience. And uh, the only thing that we can be sure of is that in another three, three to five years, they'll go to a completely new system. And then we'll we'll all want Genie Plus back. Yeah, maybe they'll go back yeah, to the paper. Yeah, that is actually true. Yeah. Well, yeah, because right. this is that what happens. Like, and I and everybody knows that about me. And Tony always makes fun of me. I, when you throw something new in front of me, I'm always like, I don't like it. And then like six months later, I'm like, this is the best. The so, only thing you haven't yeah. done that on is Chicken yeah. Guy. I oh. Chicken Guy. When I go by there, I just ooh, I give that place the evil eye. I, I just look for like his it. thumb ring. I look for thumb ring, and I look at those frosted tips, and I just shudder. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they've, op- they've opened up a second location in Central Florida. but I'm sure they have. Really? they have. They have. That watery sauce. Yeah. It wasn't good. It's, got a water- and they, it's they like a marinade. It's like a tablespoon of sauce, and they wanted to charge for it. So, like, they had, like, yes. 75 sauces on the menu or something, but then they wouldn't – you could only have two. So you're like, okay, that's great, except that's one nugget worth of sauce right there. Dude, the cup was like the size of a Rolo. (laughs) I don't know how that restaurant survives over there. When there is so much good, I mean, it's hard to find a bad meal over there. I mean, you can there, but I just, it blows my mind that that place is surviving there. I guess they are working somewhere outside of the parks. 
of the great Yeti. There's so much good food there. You pick mm. that? Come on. Well, you know they got that cut out of Guy Fieri, and it's yeah. just, like, magnetizing. Oh, I don't okay. I just have to say that I read that he was the most decent person, so now I feel bad for trash. No, I feel bad. Yeah, but listen, like, apparently no. when the pandemic happened, like, he did all this stuff to help servers and restaurant workers and stuff okay. like that. But he didn't, really nice he didn't help the sauce. He didn't help the dip. The dip is a marinade. It's not a sauce. That is true. It is not good. I mean, Liza, you know, I don't know. What? I think when you post this show, the title should be Listener Questions and No Love for Guy Fieri. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. That's going to stink if he is really a good guy, that. though. He wears yeah, flame shirts. Really oh, God. Okay. I mean, he oh. adopted his nephew. Mother passed. Oh my god. I feel bad, kind of. Oh, we are going to hell. Ran into a burning building to save a basket of kittens. (laughs) Yeah, that was. That could be true. Save the otter, too. (laughs) All right, uh, before we get sidetracked here, that uh, wraps up our listener question show. And uh, I would like to remind our listeners, who are the best listeners in the world, that as always, this podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on a multitude of social media. Uh, just search on the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of Chris, Liza, and Miranda, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night.